0: welcome back to another episode of kindred conversations i'm Brittany fry and i have a special guest host with me today
1: emmy why don't you introduce yourself hi i'm so honored to be on i'm emmy colton uh we miss you paris i'm dying (laughs) over all of your (laughs) your baby photos i swear i don't like I always tear up whenever I see birth photos or like videos. It like never doesn't get to me just how special that time is. I totally agree. I can't wait for the uh, birth um, story episode. I know we were just talking about it the other
0: day and I'm really excited, but that makes me laugh. You saying that birth videos and photos make you so emotional. I will never forget. I think it was Brooks. I don't remember if it was Brooks or Wells, but I was, Maybe a week postpartum, and I watched somebody's birth video on Instagram, and it literally brought me to tears. I'm like, I want to do it again. Like, I I was just like, I have like, it's so special the feelings, the everything. I'm like,
1: how do I have another baby right now? (laughs) I know it's it can be dangerous. Yeah, (laughs) especially being pregnant right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. That it's just like the best reunion with with this baby. That's what I was gonna say.
0: It, that's like a perfect time to get those feelings as well. You're pregnant because it makes you. It's just so anticipatory for what's to for you, you know, in the best way. It just makes you like so eager for it. But will you tell us about your pregnancy? How's it going?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I am. By the way, I'm. I'm in LA. Um, I'm a health coach and nutritionist. I'm focused on baby, pregnancy, and postpartum nutrition, so very relevant for uh, the stage I'm in, but I am uh, 21 weeks pregnant and it's um, going well. I feel like, uh, I guess we can just get into it now, but my first pregnancy with my son James was, I thought I was just like pregnancy unicorn. I like was never sick besides just being tired in the beginning, but like, I just felt like, oh, I was pregnant and I was felt normal. Like, just like living my life, really um, had a great pregnancy. And so this pregnancy definitely rocked me more <laughs> because <laughs> for like eight to 15 weeks, I have never thrown up more in my, than I have in my whole life. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I don't know. I'm happy. Were you more sick with Eloise than your boys? Because I've heard like gender based, but you know, it also is like really random.
0: I know. I've heard gender based as well. And it's so hard to say because honestly, Brooks, I was like pretty unwell. I never I don't throw up really much in my pregnancies. I I think I threw up like one time each pregnancy. But I was nauseous, so nauseous with Brooks. And then
1: Wells was like you described with James. It was so smooth. And then Eloise was very similar to Brooks. So it's kind of oh. random. I know that's what I've heard. I'm like, and my mom was never sick. So I thought when I was pregnant with James, I'd just have easy pregnancy. Yeah, like, oh, I'll be the same way. I'll be the same. But you know, it definitely has humbled me. It's definitely made me a better practitioner because I understand now how women feel <laughs> and how miserable it can be. And thankfully, like once I, you know, it was all TMI, but we can get into it. Like thankfully once I would throw up, I'd feel better. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I feel totally fine. Around 15 weeks, I totally turned the corner and I'm feeling really good now. And I'm like, have that pregnancy bliss, but, um, yeah, it was really rough in the beginning. I look back and I'm like, it was kind of a depressing time oh, <laughs> just, totally. because, just because you're just like, so not feeling yourself. And then now that you ha- it's my second. So I have this toddler that I'm trying to like show up for, but it's so, it's just a whirlwind with the, oh, the things. Oh, that you know. like phase of the, of pregnancy where you're
0: so exhausted and so sick and just like, um, and so moody. I mean, just all, it's like all the things, you know?
1: And trying that to
0: be is, a human and show up. Yes, That is full survival mode. Like full, full survive. There is no thriving at that time. No. It, I didn't see you looking back and being like, yeah, that was not, that was not great. Like <laughs> things I were know. not going well. i really have
1: a girl. I know, yes, I'm happy a girl, and I'm, we're so excited. Um, I know it's fun to see like Paris's baby girl and then you with your boys and then your, your baby girl. So um, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited excited to parent both genders and see, experience something different.
0: I know there's just something, I mean, I was like such, I loved being a boy mom. Like it's just so sweet. And (laughs) I recently saw somebody comment on how um, having or when, when boy moms call their boys, their little boyfriends, that that's like super cringy. <laughs> and I had no idea that people like felt uncomfortable about that. <laughs> that is like 100% how I felt with my boys. Like it genuinely feels like you just have this little boy that's so obsessed with you. And just know. all day long, like it's so sweet and special and they just bring a different energy into your life. I think the mother-son bond is really just, it's such a special thing. But um, having a girl, it's been so wonderful because it has taught me that both genders really bring something unique and special to the table. Like, I don't think that one is better than another. And I mean, I I really feel like they complement each other in all the best ways. So I'm like so excited for you to experience that as well.
1: No, I feel that too. I like honestly could have been happy with all boys just after having James and I'm like so obsessed with him. And they really are like, just, just a magical little, little humans. I mean, yeah. I feel like any baby is, but, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see that different dynamic and, um, and James is so excited. He's like always kept saying like, I want ba- like baby sister. And so oh. I think that the older brothers with the younger sister is so fun too. <laughs> it
0: is. I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. I totally forgot, but moment of gratitude. We always yes. start our episodes with moment with gratitude. I'll go first, and then I'll have you share. Um, I was just going to share that I finished, uh, what was the book? Lessons in Chemistry. Have you read that? No, but I've heard, a, I've heard
1: many recommendations for it.
0: Okay. So I, the reason I read it was because it, they came out with the series on Apple+. Plus. Maybe that's why I'm seeing it
1: more, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to quick read this so I can start watching it anyway i um had honestly some mixed feelings about the book but in general i would totally recommend it i thoroughly enjoyed the writing the storyline was engaging captivating uh i think the main character's likable even though she's definitely not super relatable i think she's really likable anyway so i i really enjoyed it but the setting it's set in um the 50s and 60s in america and She, um, let's see, I'm like, I don't want to give away too much, but basically she's a chemist and she's a female working in a science lab in the fifties and sixties. There's a lot of gender discrimination in the workplace. And, um, anyway, that's all I'll say about that. But it's been so interesting to be reading that. And then just going through my daily life. I mean, I've been like listening. I'll have like one AirPod in all day long. (laughs) Well, I'm just like trying to read the book and it's been really interesting. The contrast, um, between this, her reality and the author I listened to an interview with the author where she said she did a lot of research of the workplace in that time. And, um, and also her parents were in the workplace at that time. And so talking to them and then also just living my daily life, like nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary, but realizing that women have come so far, truly, truly have come so far. And I'm so grateful to be a woman and a mother today. And I know that there are places to improve still and probably always will be, but I just, I'm feeling especially grateful for that. We have so many resources and um, so many opportunities to connect with other women. And I think really allow ourselves the respect and um, the
1: understanding that I think women of the past were looking for. So, anyway, I'm feeling really grateful for that right now. No, it's so true. And I think about that probably even more so now that I'm going to have a daughter and maybe you have a daughter too. And I'm, I really feel that I'm like, I don't think that there's anything she can't do that my son can do. Like I, right, right. and I'm grateful that we live in a world that that is possible. Um, you know, like they said, there's still always like strides to be made in so many different ways, but I do think that they're just going to continue to become even more equal in that way.
0: Yeah, I agree. And even thinking about like my parenting role where, yeah talking to my in-laws, you know, or my in-laws and my parents, like even they had such different, like very, very distinct gender roles in raising children. And I wouldn't say that like my dad or my father-in-law were ignorant or were neglectful in any way, but just by um, default ended up like falling into these roles. And yes. I think how drastically different in one generation, like me and my husband are raising our children so differently. And um I don't know.
1: I just am like, wow, no, I it- <laughs> think I've taken that for granted, you know? It's it is crazy. It's so different. Like I think about I can seriously just sleep for the weekend and not even have to like make anything known to Thomas, my husband. But, like <laughs> he just can do everything. He knows everything. And it's not even like yeah, a worry in my mind. And I know that it can be, you know, different for everyone, but it is interesting the roles that we also have in the home too, and oh, how it's different sure. today. For sure. Anyway. Okay. What about you? Um, I feel like, I don't know. I've been thinking about this and I feel like the biggest thing is um, along the lines of pregnancy. Last week, we had our anatomy scan, the 20 week anatomy scan. And I feel like that's always just a lot of anxiety leading up to it. Cause you're just like, So much unknown when this baby's growing in your body. And um, everything went well. Like, she's a healthy, on track growing baby. And I'm so grateful because I just feel like the older I get, and I've seen just friends and family go through some really, really hard pregnancy things. And it's just a miracle and so much gratitude when things are going well. And so I just always have to (laughs) just say that and remind myself like, and just celebrate those things because, um, yeah, there's just so much that you don't know and so much That's that isn't sure. guaranteed. I totally agree. I think as I had more kids, I became
0: like with my first, I think I was a little bit ignorant. And so I didn't. Yes, yeah, really... so you're
1: naive. Too. <laughs>
0: yes, Totally. And then, yeah, as you're in the world of moms and other kids, you start to realize like, wow, there are so many things that could happen. Anyway, so I, I became more and more anxious, but the 20 week is so special to be able to just, I feel like you get to sit there and like, although you're obviously constantly spending time with them because they are inside of you. I feel yeah. like special. Cause you kind of just get to sit there and hang out with them. Like you get a little peek into their world.
1: And I just- know
0: <laughs> like this is your little home that you're in.
1: Yes. yes and I've been um, feeling her like move so much more. It's just always cool. exciting. And yes. So and I
0: feel like that's the first stage where you can connect like the little feelings you're having in your stomach with movement, you know? Yes. i like, was that the baby or was that me? And then like watch them on the screen move and feel it at the same time. You're like, okay, now I know what that is. Anyway, just so special. Yeah.
1: So that's what I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah. I love that. All right. I have been really, really excited about this episode and I want to just dive in because I feel like we could chat forever. And, um, this has been a topic that has been a long time coming for me, especially because I have been in the phase of, um, transitioning Eloise from just breastfeeding to now eating solids. And that is such a consuming, I mean, every phase is consuming, but as any mother in that phase knows, it is an all-consuming transition. And Mm -hmm. it comes with a vast amount of questions. So I'm just really excited to have you on. (laughs) Specifically, we're going to talk about baby led weaning. So I'm just going to, Jump in with the first question, which is why do we hear so much about baby-led weaning? I feel like it is all over the place. Like that, at times in my motherhood experience, has been my entire algorithm. <laughs> you know, yeah. just reel after reel of baby-led weaning. Is it the healthiest way to transition into feeding a baby solids? Yeah. What is what specifically defines it versus just like moving into moving into solids? Yeah, all that.
1: Um, no, it is kind of like a buzzword now, I feel like, or just like the hot topic. Um, but it's interesting cause it really is such a, like an ancient practice that, you know, you think about it, like babies didn't have like these store-bought periods. They could just, the spoon fed from their parents. Right. Centuries And centuries ago, like how did they eat? How are they able to start consuming foods? Um, I think I was first like exposed to this. I lived in Peru and I remember eating it with a family and their like seven month old was sitting on their lap, like gnawing on a, a chicken wing. And I'm like, what in the world is this baby doing? Like, are they okay? And they were totally capable of just being part of mealtime. The mom would give different other different things. And so it really opened my eyes to like babies are these little capable humans if they're given the right opportunity to eat and do that. Um, but baby-led weaning is basically just trusting a baby's instincts that they are able to dictate when they're ready to eat and how much they're going to eat and giving them the opportunity to do so. Um, not There's no perfect way to feed your baby, like whether purees might be right for you. There's still a lot of different ways that you can incorporate the methods of baby-led weaning into the way you feed your child. Um, making sure, you know, you, if you're doing purees, you can put some puree on their on their tray before you feed them, let them play with it, their hands, taste it. Babies are very exploratory. And so they want to see like what's going in their mouth. They don't want to just necessarily be like shove something in their mouth um, or can get them a loaded spoon. But um, the typical like baby led weaning is offering solid foods from the beginning and skipping purees completely.
0: Okay. That's good to know. I'm laughing as you are saying that babies like to be experimental with their food because we are currently, I was telling Emmy before we started recording, um, we are having some work done in our house that kind of kicked us out of the house. And so we came to a hotel and obviously like, that's just like not the best environment for feeding a 10 month old. And um, I ordered, what did I order? Chili for dinner. And so I was just kind of like, Giving her beans out of it, or I'd give her like a spoonful of whatever. And she was doing really well until like halfway through the meal, she just decided, I want to feed this to myself. And so she just leaned forward, grabbed a full handful of chili, just yeah, hand it in. Fist full of chili, splatted it all over her face. <laughs> and I was just laughing like it was such a forceful and messy gesture, but it cracked me up because there was no denying the, the intent. Like it was very clearly, I'm going to feed this to myself. I want to feel it. I want to squish it. I want to put it in my mouth. Anyway, so I, I have experienced that firsthand.
1: The, the babies want to touch, feel play. That's all part of the eating experience. And you'll see that a lot of times when they're given that opportunity, they're so much happier with mealtimes and it's so much a, more of a pleasant experience for baby and for mom and really reduces a lot of that stress about getting food into the baby's mouth because they are wanting to be the boss of their own body. Um, embracing the mess is definitely part of, part of all of that because it can get really messy for sure. Oh, so messy. That's when my husband's always
0: yeah, he's always like, we can't let her feed herself. And I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And then the next day I'm
1: like, all right, avocado all over your tray, (laughs) feed yourself. I know, (laughs) so many bath times and there's, and we can talk more away, but there's definitely a lot of ways to kind of try and, you know, but it really is just part of the process.
0: (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. Okay, so I am curious, where do you start when you are going straight from bottles or breastfeeding? Like, what are the first foods you're introducing and how often are you introducing new foods?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think before you start offering foods, the biggest place to start is to looking for the signs of readiness in your baby. And some important signs are one that they're around six months of age. Um, the World Health Organization had previously recommended that babies begin Complementary foods or solids around four to six months. Um, but in 2002, they changed it to... Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, they changed it to um, being that you are exclusively breastfed or, or formula fed until six months of age and um, then offered complementary foods, it, which is their version of saying solids. Um, and when the World Health Organization did that, several other organizations then followed suit, like the American academy of pediatrics the uk health department canada health australian so that has been the recommendation since 2002 okay. which is over 20 years but there's still such a gap in, yeah. in what practitioners are recommending versus what the the standard is um, yeah. the cdc i've yeah. always told four to six but
0: i will say right now i mean this was to no credit of my own but my kids just never seemed ready at 4 months like i no. i would pray and i'd be like yeah this isn't happening so we would like wait until they were acting more interested wanted to be more involved
1: in that and that was always right around 6 months so that's interesting yeah. and there's so much research that shows, shows that their digestive systems really aren't developmentally mentally ready until around 6 okay. months and and also just other signs like sitting up well and um being able to like be upright to to safely consume right. food. Right. Um, uh, but the CDC did a study that over th- they t- studied over 1300 moms and found that 40% of them had given solids before the baby was 4 months of age still like in this day. So there's such a huge gap and a lot of the reasons why they're like um that parents can have is that they think that their baby it will help their baby sleep through the night. They Think that their babies um like old enough to do so or that they showed interest but um, this researchers explained that these reasons reflect many misconceptions about infants especially about why they cry their feedings and sleeping schedules um, and that they often are really needing more either comfort or formula or breast milk every two to four hours and that there's no um no good evidence that solid foods will help them sleep longer or that an infant's really demanding food each time that they cry. So yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing that I think a lot of, um, that there's still like a big gap. Luckily I've had pediatricians that have still, or that have recommended six months of age Mm -hmm. and that have are up to date on the current guidelines. But I know so many people have like, well, my doctor said this and it's, it's just interesting that.
0: (laughs) For sure. It does make you wonder like, is that just because so many, pediatricians have been practicing for longer than 20 years and they're just like in their process. You know what I mean? Just like, Oh, I've been telling moms this for 40 years. Like, (laughs) yeah. And
1: kind of, and you know, like, I don't know the grandparents that you're like, well, you guys were fine. Like if you, I don't know if your parents have ever said that, right? Well, I did this and you guys are fine. Um, And I think like pediatricians really are focused on making sure that babies hit developmental milestones that are safe, that they're growing all these things. And they really only spend a small amount of time on baby nutrition And so I do think that there's still a lot of gaps there. Um, But so another sign of readiness, like we talked about sitting up um, with little to no support, like if they do need some support, but that they're still like sturdy in their trunks and able to sit upright when they're eating um, and that they've lost the tongue thrust reflex. So when before this kind of starts to decrease around six months of age, but before that babies naturally will spit and bring things up yeah. in the surface. and that's a reflex that helps protect them um and that will slowly start to go away when they're ready to start solid so that they're able to swallow foods um so starting you know around four months or younger it kind of overrides that natural reflex and doesn't allow their bodies to have that same like natural protection with that um tongue thrust reflex okay interesting um and then that they're just you know, willing to participate in mealtimes and um, kind of turning their heads to indicate whether they want something or not. Um, Those are all just kind of signs that usually start to happen around six months. It can be a little later for kids, just like, or babies, just like um, some babies take a little bit longer to walk or things like that. Like there's, it's not like all of a sudden they wake up their six months and every baby's ready, ready ready to go. So um, being okay with like, seeing where your baby's at in those weeks around that time um okay. so once they have so, hit all those things it's then you can start offering solids <laughs> okay i love that so
0: one of the foods that i feel like one of the first foods i've fed every one of my babies and i feel like i've heard such good things about feeding them to babies is avocado is that true yeah is that like a really healthy first food
1: that's a great first food yes i i it you know it has a different flavor profile, um, healthy fats. It's really one that can be, um, when cut in the right shape and size and texture, it's, it's one that's soft, like when they smush in their tongues. Um, yeah. So talking about first foods to offer, like you want to make sure that it's a shape that babies can grab because around, Nine months is when they really develop their pincer grasp, which is when they're grabbing foods with their fingers. But until then, it's really just like a fist of what they're able yes. to grab. Yes. And so when you are giving babies like really tiny foods, they're not able to really bring that to their mouth. So um, starting with foods that are cut into like a pinky, adult pinky shaped size and um, width, and making sure that the food can uh, be smushed with the tongue of their mouth, between the tongue and the roof of their mouth. So, avocado, great food. Um, broccoli, like steamed broccoli, not too mushy, okay. but soft enough where they can, again, squish it. Um, roasted chicken strips, beef strips, um, fish. There's so many foods that are great to start with. And there's really not like any evidence that shows that you need to introduce one food a day. Um, okay. So, you can, but you also don't want to overwhelm the baby in a sitting. So, okay,
0: so this is another question. Yeah, so about introducing foods, like if you start with fish, let's say, do you need to give it a few days before you then introduce sweet potato? Or are you like, no, just like you're good to go, feed them whatever?
1: So, only because you said fish, yes, okay. because <laughs> fish. Fish, yeah, is of, <laughs> fish is um, one of the like top nine allergens highly allergenic foods. So, okay, um, <laughs> I mean it, that too. <laughs> So I would recommend, so the nine highly allergenic foods are wheat, cow's milk, hen's eggs, uh, soy, peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, fish, and sesame seeds. So I wouldn't okay. recommend starting with these when you're first like starting out, um, but you can like soon after you begin solids. Okay, And with those, you do want to introduce it kind of solo and wait like three to four days before introducing another highly allergenic food and watching them uh, just to make sure that there's no reaction and that you can isolate what food that could have come from. Right, you could pinpoint, okay. Yeah, but in the beginning, um, say you offer like a strip of chicken and broccoli and avocado, like then you can kind of let your baby decide like what to eat and then you can just keep going from there. So there's not really like a one food a day you have to do, but you also don't need to like fill their plate and overwhelm them and have like so many options, like one or two, maybe three foods is totally sufficient. Plenty. Okay. That's super helpful. Okay. Anything to avoid
0: you, you brought up the highly allergenic foods, anything that you're like, no hold off on
1: this. So um, with baby led weaning, a huge part and benefit is that you can just really incorporate babies as part of your mealtime. So whatever you're making, you can just give them parts of that that's like in the safe space safe, um, size, shape, and texture. I will say though, you have to definitely be aware of added salt in your diet. So if you're a family that cooks with a lot of salt, I would recommend, um, either going salt free or like salting your food after you cook and for you and your husband or, um, older kids, uh, because babies' kidneys aren't developed fully yet. And they're still and aren't able to process large amounts of salt. So it can be dangerous to have a lot of salt in the diet. And that goes with offering babies like processed foods, um, like packaged foods, like watching the salt content on also like packaged labels too. Okay. Good to Um,
0: know. So along with that, like I make my kids eggs almost every morning. So if I'm making eggs and I'm going to cut, like make a really simple omelet for Eloise and just cut it into strips to give her, then I would probably like make her eggs. Don't put salt in.
1: Yeah. And then make the boys' eggs separate. If yeah. Right. Or if you, like, make it all in one, just, like, if you want to be easier, then you can make her, sh- and then salt theirs on top of Afterward. that you already made. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, know. and they can have, like, a very small amount of salt, but sometimes it's hard for people to know, like, how much they've been consuming in the day. Like, what where are they getting it from, like, adding that well, all sure. up. So, I say when you can control it, maybe try Ew. and avoid it. Um, okay. Just to be sure, and that goes with added sugar too. Kind of a similar, a similar thing. Um, raw honey is to be avoided until the age of one. It's just associated with botulism, which is a can be a really uh, scary disease or bacteria. Um, okay. And then uh, big choking hazard foods: so sausages, hot dogs, whole nuts, raw carrots, hard candies, popcorn. Grapes, cherry tomatoes, raw apples, kind of, those are the top choking okay. foods, especially for babies.
0: It, foods that can't be squished. Yeah. In their they like, really hard, and and also foods that are, like, perfectly round and could
1: get stuck. Perfectly round. Like, I don't, even if you cut up grapes, like, um, babies really under the age of 12 aren't ready to have the, the okay. shape yet. Um, so... Avoiding, yeah, hard. You can steam carrot. Carrots also great, like finger yeah. food that they can grab. Um, okay. A lot of these, like you can steam apples, pears, like harder fruits um, and vegetables. So they can definitely be incorporated in the diet, but you, yeah, making sure that they're the appropriate uh, size and shape for for the baby.
0: Okay, that actually brings up another question I had. What about how do you know how to prepare the food? You mentioned the pinky rule. Yeah, but well, um, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I find myself, uh, like over the summer, I'd be like, okay, it's pear or peach season, so I'm like cutting up peaches, and I'm like, what's the right way to feed this to her? And then I'm like cutting up an avocado, and I'm like, what's the right? Anyway, I just felt like every new food, I'm like, how should I be cutting this up? Like, what's the right shape? What's the right size?
1: Yeah, that like thinking about when a baby grabs it, like some food sticking out, so that they can. on it and get some in their mouth um and then yeah the pinky width and length is is um the typically like the safe shape at that age as well as like that they can swish in their mouth um if you're ever worried about it just google it (laughs) because there's a lot of resources out there that can give you the appropriate if you're ever like what this food seems interesting like a beef patty like how do i serve a beef patty um, but that's again, one that you can give in like strips and because yeah. the beef is like can crumble that it's a really safe food to give to babies too. Um, okay. or even like sardines, like James loved sardines when he was like six months to one. He's a little, yeah. now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like they can also have like a strip of sardine and even the bones are soft enough, like the cat and they have a lot of calcium and calcium in them. Okay. That um, that they can you don't need to worry about that too if it's a soft bone like salmon has like really hard bones so yes 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 the last kind of two to maybe okay. like avoid before one is um cow's milk um just like straight cow's milk and um citrus fruits and strawberries can cause a rash around their mouth and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're allergic to it so. Okay. You can offer, and then if you see that your baby has a reaction, you can try in a few weeks. If they don't have a reaction, then you can continue to incorporate it. If they do, you, you probably want to check it out with your pediatrician. So. Okay.
0: Bread, um, just like toast. Like sometimes I'll cut up toast in a strip. Is that something that is a choking hazard more than other foods because it's so like gummy in texture? Or do you feel like mm, it, it's like not a non-issue?
1: I think for younger babies like when you're just starting um especially cuz wheat can be pretty right. like highly allergenic um I wouldn't recommend but let's see she's 10 months mhm like yeah I think that that's where they're able to like grasp and and can get small pieces of it and then mm-hmm. because it it becomes such like a kind of mush that it kind of just slides in, into yes, their mouth yes. but yeah if you and especially if you're cutting it into the small strips and not necessarily giving them like this fistful where they can like grab that totally like a whole hunk off
0: yes yeah then
1: that can be like a safe a safe option
0: okay and then you mentioned cow's milk what about things like yogurt or i mean i guess that or cheese yeah
1: yeah um all like can be great things um cheese i would and and like full yogurt definitely want to watch because they are can be a highly allergenic food um you can do like kefir it's a great like Yogurt alternative, coconut yogurt um, has a lot of probiotics in it, so that's kind of how we started out with like the yogurt base. um, Which yogurt can be great. Like we would give him a loaded spoon of yogurt. We'd put like spirulina in it to give added nutrients. um, When you know that they're not allergic to like peanut butter and other tree nuts, you can add add, mix that in. Um, So it can definitely be incorporated, but. I would, uh, it can be a lot and harsh on their body if it is fully like cow's milk and okay. not say that cow's milk's bad, um, but just like right. slowly introducing that. And right. so I would start with keeper cause it's a more gentle version of dairy. Um, and then you can see how they're reacting and slowly give smaller amounts. Further okay. On. That's a
0: great tip. I had not thought of that at all, but I love that. Um, Okay, what expectations should you have as far as how much to feed and how often? Are you like you're sitting down to feed your family at least 3 times a day? Are you offering all 3 times? How do you yeah, how do you kind of like get them onto the same schedule as everyone else and um I feel like even now like we've done some of the sign language with Eloise which I did with my other or did it with both my boys of just like, I want more or all done. And, um, that is helpful, but she hasn't fully grasped that yet. And so at times I can tell, she's like telling me I'm all done. But at other times I can't tell, like, does she just want to break for a minute or like, do I keep trying to feed her or is she done? You know, is the interest just anyway, I don't know. I'm just like, how do you gauge like, okay, we're going to be done with this meal now.
1: Yeah. I think, um, like, you, like, I love this question with the expectations, because like you said in the beginning and just now, like, it is a big adjustment, like, going from just, like, being used to either nursing or feeding them all the time, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need to think about another child to give food to, and, like, what do I do with that? And yeah. so I, I love this because in, in the beginning, it's really just about them learning the association with food and developing that hand-mouth connection. Um, you really don't need to put a lot of pressure on yourself, on you know, if there's a day that there's a lot going on, it just doesn't happen. Like that's totally okay in the beginning. And in the beginning, they might not even be eating much, like getting much in their mouth at all or swallowing much. Like it's really
0: experimental.
1: Yes. And so I would say, and I, I know it's for, but like for the, from six to seven months, like once a day, trying to give them the opportunity to eat, if it happens more, totally fine. It's not like you need to stop them from right. doing it. Um, like if if, she's, if you're holding her and you're eating and she's like, oh, I want to try this, then that can be part of it too. But um, okay. And then from like nine to ten months uh, or like eight to nine months can be like twice a day and then nine to a year can be three times a day. But um, it can really just depend on your baby too. Like some some might be happy with like one – meal a day for a bit some might be like wanting to practice more and think it's just the best thing in the world so um but there really doesn't need to be a lot of pressure and and stress about that in the beginning okay as you're adjusting to a new schedule and also they're adjusting to this whole new world of food
0: oh totally so what about as they start to get older and are like now getting in more of a routine of eating um I don't know. I like feel like I have a few thoughts here, so I haven't quite formulated this question, but I just know some friends really stress, like maybe their child's low in weight. And so they're really, really stressed if their child's going to eat enough food. My kids haven't ever been in that situation, but I do, I do find myself wondering like, did they have, did they have enough food today? Like, did they get enough? You know, how do you know at what point to be like, okay, we're done.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, that's a huge component of baby-led weaning is is trusting that your baby can be the indicator of that. And just like when you're nursing, like you don't know how much how many ounces your baby's really is eating. And but, I know it's different for people who are formula feeding, but um, like you have to trust like they stop nursing when they're done. They ask for more when they when they want some. And and babies come in all different sizes. Like as long as their pediatrician knows that they're growing and and are on that growth chart, then that's like I find James's best friend was like significantly smaller than him, but she was developing while eating, you know, all the same hitting things. And now yeah. they're just like catching up to each other. So okay. um, I know it can definitely be a worry. And I, I definitely um, understand where moms are coming from with that, but babies definitely know best. And I think when we try and if coming into a mealtime, making sure that they still have like a full milk feed, And that they're not like hungry at a mealtime. So it's a pleasant experience for them where they are wanting to kind of start to learn that connection with, oh, food is like fun to eat. Food starts to make me feel more full because they're not going to feel the same eating yet as they are when they are having a milk feed. So, um, and making sure that they're not overly tired too. So it it is a positive experience. I've, I've been in the room with Several moms who are like the baby's tired or just like, you know, like crying and they're trying to shove a spoon in their mouth and it's, I'm stressed, the baby's stressed, the mom's yeah, stressed. Totally, and, totally. and I think like pausing and be like, okay, that now's not the time. Like there's other needs that need to be met and that there is isn't need to be this pressure of like, this has to be the time that they- Meal time. Are yeah. Trying to,
0: yeah. Okay. That's, that's actually really helpful to hear. I think we've all been in that scenario where we're just like, I just got to get this food into them so they can sleep better. But they're like neat. They need the sleep right now. You know? So that's, I know. Actually- and, they, and they
1: probably like aren't even getting any of that extra food in exactly. that you're trying to get into them. Exactly.
0: Like- <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, also you mentioned giving them a full feed before you go to feed them solids. So this has been another big question I have had is, um, yeah, I mean, at least at the beginning, I just kind of stayed on my same feeding schedule with nursing. Um, But as she's eating more and more food, I have found myself wondering, like, like am i nursing her like is nursing her inhibiting her from eating food and vice versa um i there are times that i'm like am i am i nursing her enough do you know what i mean i don't know why why yeah <laughs> i mean she's a healthy weight but <laughs> so i don't know why i'm like stressed about that but i do find myself wondering if i'm feeding her or like nursing her enough or too little and we are supplementing with bottles so i guess milk in general
1: no, that's a great question. And I say a full milk feed before, but it can really depend on when you're scheduled. Like for us, we would feed James before his like nap. And then when he woke up, like play a little bit and then introduce solids. Or I know some people like they feed after the nap. So it can really just depend. But right. um, just not going into mealtime when baby is super hungry um, because okay. they're still really for the first year of their life de- heavily dependent on breast milk or formula and that is their main source of nutrition um and as they begin the weaning process that will just start to slowly uh become less and less of their dependency and you might start to notice like oh my milk supply has slowly started to decrease or yeah um like he's she's not eating as much in this feed um I can't remember, you know, it's been like almost three years. So I can't remember fully, but I know like, I feel like we dropped like his morning feed cause he wasn't really interested and we would then offer breakfast or like there certain things like just slowly. It's like a very gradual process. It definitely doesn't happen okay. overnight. And as they are eating more at mealtimes, you might, you know, offer less of a milk feed or um, just kind of depending on their needs.
0: Okay. No. So you said two things that are really helpful that I think I needed to hear. And one was don't go into a meal time, super hungry. Like it is a positive thing for them to have, been, have nursed or drink a bottle before they go into a meal time with food. And two is, um, up into a year that like their main source of, of intake is going to be milk. So that's helpful. Cause I had been thinking, okay, by a year, we have to have been completely transitioned into food being like their whole, but I do see anyway, just like naturally the way that you talked about that naturally I can see that Eloise is wanting to eat less and like, she's like snacking more when she goes to Mm -hmm. nurse, like if they're just like quick little feeds here and there when she wants to, even sometimes like, I do think like, Oh, this might be more comfort, but, um, and then occasionally it'll be like maybe at nighttime or in the morning, it'll be like a longer feed. So that is helpful for me to be like, Oh, okay. She like, obviously instinctually, she naturally knows what to do and yeah. to recognize that and pick up on those cues. I think takes a lot of the pressure away from me trying to figure it all out.
1: No, totally. I think sometimes we try and um, like formulate it so much, but you know, and not going and when I say going into a feeding full, not necessarily like nursing and then like offering food because they might be too faulty to but like right you know giving some time in between where they're like you don't want them to be comfort. like hangry going yes. into a meal
0: totally. and they're like comfortable no, that totally-
1: and in a pleasant spot um and then yeah some babies might like i know some moms started their babies were like really excited to eat um you know before even one that they didn't have as much milk left um and James nursed until he was 18 months, and we, right. you know, still had, like, solids be a, a heavy part of his meal, but, uh, or his right day. so it's really um, child-dependent, just as, like, we're also different, we develop at different um, paces, so honoring that, what you see in your child, and that knowing that they don't necessarily need to be on this, like, really intense timeline. Um, you know, if there's certain anomalies definitely need support from specialists or pediatricians, but for the most part, like each baby will probably go at more or less their own pace. Okay. Love that. Um, I am wondering
0: what tools you recommend for baby led weaning. I feel like I have used a lot of different tools and, um, I don't know. I feel like with Eloise, I've gone a little bit back to the basics where I'm like, she doesn't need any tools. I'll just cut her food into strips and put it on her high chair and let her go. But are there any, yeah, like you mentioned the spoon, are there any tools that are really helpful for introducing solids to a baby?
1: No, you are really right though. It really is just like basics like you really honestly don't need anything if you don't have anything like your baby can sit in your lap and you can offer food to them there. Um, like I saw in Peru or different places um, and maybe your baby prefers that Maybe they don't like the okay. high chair yet and that's not necessarily that you need to force them in there either if it's a, it's a bad association. Um, but yeah, they can sit in your lap as long as they're just in an upright position and making sure if you do have a high chair, that it also is allowing them to be in a very secure upright position because if they're angled at all or kind of reclined, then that can be a dangerous position for them to be eating. Um, and right. Like don't feed your baby in their
0: car seat. Like don't hand them crumbs while they're like buckling into a car seat.
1: Exactly. Like laying down in a car seat or on like a, I don't know, dock a top, things like that. Like definitely needing to be upright. Um, spoons, like if, if, They might not be able to really uh, handle a spoon in the beginning, but giving them, you know, potential opportunities to do so, they can also take sips of water from an open cup. Um, You don't need to like use a straw or like a sippy cup or bottle for water. They can start to like develop that skill too. And it might be messy and it might get all over the place, but um, it's amazing to see just how well that they really can start to learn those things. And so, Um, yeah, I honestly, I know that they do have like bibs that can cover their whole body. If you're really opposed to the mess or like don't want to do so many wipe downs or, or, um, baths, I never ended up getting one, but, um, I've seen it and it could come in handy for some moms.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I just strip my kids down. Well, yes. not now my older kids are fine, <laughs> but my babies, I'm like, I don't want to deal with the laundry and, you know, stressing about them making, like, they're going to make a mess. It's inevitable. So I just feel like take it all off, let them do their thing. And then I just kind of like the wipe them down in the sink after, which has been the easiest way for me to handle that and not stress about the mess that they're going to make.
1: No, even in restaurants, we would, like, take off his clothes and just be in a diaper. I'm like, he's a baby. He's going to be messy. Oh, totally. Totally.
0: Smart. Smart. Okay, I am wondering if you have any go-to foods that you keep on hand. This is my hardest thing about feeding babies is there are times when I feel like – not not often, but there are times when um, we've had a full day of eating and nothing felt really easy to feed a baby. Like they just, you know, it felt like all the foods were hard, or um, I don't know, for whatever reason, like it just didn't feel really natural to feed to a baby. And I'm wondering if there are just some foods that are really easy to have on hand, so you always have an option to give them.
1: I think that when you are like making a meal that you know is going to be baby friendly, like trying to make extra, and then like can like kind of pull that to the side and save some. We always tried to do that, like especially when I think what a lot of moms feel hard the hardest is to get like meats and proteins in, um, because that does take more prep. And so I, whenever we would make like a roasted chicken, I definitely tried to make sure that we had some at least for the next few days to offer. Um, That way, it wasn't like every day I'm like, okay, what is the new new thing I need to be making? Um, So doing like that prep in advance, I'd say um, like avocados bananas um maybe you could do a big steaming batch of like broccoli carrots to have on hand too for a few days like based on how long they last trying to make like one mental capacity of like okay this is my time I'm gonna prep and then letting that like be used the next few days and give yourself that mental break because it definitely can be a lot where you're like okay is this safe for babies is this safe for me but honestly babies can be included in um in like casseroles and pasta dishes and a lot of the foods that you're eating, it can really be adapted to them. So um, being confident in that and also making sure that you are also confident in the best ways to serve that to the baby.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I, that's, I'm like cracking up. That's so obvious, but I, (laughs) we are not leftover people. So like, I just don't even think to do that. I'm like, duh, the second you said, I'm like, that's the best idea ever. I'm like, when I'm making dinner that makes sense for her, just make a little extra. So I have it on hand. Also, I do want to ask this is, maybe a stupid question, but, um, reheating, like if I'm going to roast veggies, would you then reheat them to serve them on the other days? Or would you serve them cold?
1: Um, it depends. Like if you, if it, you can, honestly, they could have a cold carrot if it's the soft enough shape and, and things, um, or if you do reheat it to be some, if they prefer that and making sure that you let it cool enough to, so it's not so overwhelmingly hot in their mouth and like it's safe to consume. Um okay. but you like you can give cold strips to chicken. Like right. it doesn't all necessarily need to be warm. Especially babies right. of age, I feel like they are honestly the easiest to please. Like oh, babies totally. truly yeah. are like it's like this mirror like magical age where they really will like are so exporting, yeah. so excited <laughs> to be included, just want to be part of it. So um as long For as sure. it's the soft enough texture and the shape, then it doesn't necessarily have to be warm. Okay. Okay. No, that's helpful. Um, all right. Here is the,
0: I feel like I have two hot topics. One, any tips for training a healthy eater?
1: Um, I love this too. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> I feel like, um, as long as you are also trying to eat healthy as a family and like eat nutrient dense foods, it's part of your like, uh, daily meals i think that's just going to be a part of your baby and toddler's life um and that based on research like when children are able to be in control from their food and empowered to eat early on then it builds a strong relation food relationship that they have that they know that they can say no to things or try things and it's not going to be this like ordeal or or overwhelming thing um, okay can we
0: sidetrack here really quick for a second I, because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. So I have to say, I I really am an advocate for just feeding your kids, whatever you're eating, because I feel like that's what I've mostly done. And I have pretty good eaters. And mm-hmm. honestly, like I try not to take credit. Like I try to be like, and I, like my first child, it's honestly strange. I'm like, he his favorite foods are like tomato and broccoli and have been since he was one. So I'm like, I don't know what happened with him, but that was just a blessing. But I do feel like it's been really like stress-free for me to just be like, oh, here, like we're having chili. I'm just going to like squish up some beans and you can feed them to yourself or, you know, whatever, like just Mm -hmm. not have to make a separate meal. And then on top of that, I do feel like my kids have just they know the family culture is like, oh, we're just all eating together. Mm-hmm. It's been really helpful for me. Um, but I do have to say, I feel like lately I've heard a lot of things about about. Um, I don't try to be controlling of my kids' foods. If this is a good way to phrase it, but I definitely don't like like I don't like to keep snack food on hand at home. Like they can eat whenever they want, but I am like, you're going to be having a banana or a pepper or a apple or a piece of toast. Like that's the easiest like snacky food we have. Like you, yeah. you can make as much toast as you want in a day. But um, I have tried not to keep snack food on hand. And I feel like I've been hearing this messaging of like that, that will maybe not create healthy eaters that they won't have a healthy relationship with food because they won't know how to um, like self-regulate. Anyway, I'm just curious your thoughts on that as you were sharing. Yeah as you were sharing your thoughts, it, it kind of went down that path for me. So I'm curious. No, I
1: think that is a big people like, you know, where's the balance or all these things. But I do think that when you kind of just have this as your family culture, it's not really like this pressure, then they're noticing like how these foods make them feel in their bodies. They're seeing that they do feel like they have a lot of energy. Like it's, they're living like this, you know, it's like feels good in their day. And then when they are exposed to other things, it's, it doesn't need to be a big deal, but they know kind of like, Oh yeah, that tasted really good. And, and that was just like part of our Halloween experience or like going to, a right. or whatnot. like, I'm not like, Oh, you can't have that. Like, but also it's, I feel like they just, it doesn't have to be so like black and white. It's, it's just like how we live. Like, and that's just how I live too. Like I'll go to a party and experience like something like that someone made or a birthday party like James is really into birthdays he loves birthday cake but (laughs) it's not like he's asking me for birthday cake every day and I'm having to tell him no and it's like something that is like such a big deal about like I think that there's I think that the more you just like make things your family culture just like kind of becomes part of what they choose to okay Um, and that they do you like have the confidence of like you know, making those choices. Like we're not there yet. He's still very much like dependent on our world. But my, I have a friend who's like a really, she has older kids and like, I look up to her a lot and she's like, her son came home from a sleepover and like had had a lot of like soda. And he's like, it made my stomach hurt. And she's like, well, maybe like, what are you going to do different next time? He's like, I think I'll just have a little bit next time. So like, they can really just like start to have those conversations with you and you can talk about it and not necessarily make, put this like negative, connotation over it but just like talk about how they have felt in their bodies and like when they felt like it was too much or too you know things like that yes yes okay nope that's super helpful in fact but i even I'll went into I
0: <laughs> well i even went into in the past i mean last year at halloween i had a three-year-old and a two-year-old so it, i mean that was different than now this year i have a four-year-old and a three-year-old mm-hmm. and i feel like last year at halloween i'm like okay pick out three pieces of candy and i did it didn't feel super controlling and like my mind they weren't like but I want more. You know, it was just like, they're like, sweet. I'll take three pieces of candy, you know? And then they honestly just forgot about it. And I planned on like kind of doing that this year, like, okay, three pieces of candy. And then after that, like at lunchtime being like, do you want to pick out a piece? But, um, it just this year, like, it felt like they were able, they were a little bit older, like a year older, they were able able to self-regulate a little bit more. So we did kind of just open it up. Like, eat what you want. Like, sure. Have your candy right now if you want. And it was, I felt like really rewarding as a parent to be able to watch them like eat way more candy than they would have on any other night, but also they stopped themselves. Like I never had to be like, okay, go put it away now. And that was encouraging. Like, okay, they are, they can teach themselves these things, but on a daily basis, I feel like, like, is a three-year-old really able to regulate how many granola bars he gives himself? Like I would way rather, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it feels no, like they not so much,
1: you know? <laughs> they're still <Yeah. laughs> learning. And, and, and like they are, they're also, they're are but like the, they do notice, like I remember we were in London and this like hotel guy gave him, he was eating, James was eating an apple and this hotel guy gave him a cookie and he like had a few bites. He's like, I want the apple. And I'm like, oh, mom, but no, but like he also <laughs> wants to eat a whole cookie. Like and have, totally, totally. and that's how I am. Sometimes exactly. I'm it's like, not
0: like, oh, you're making like a, you know, choice, a choice yeah. <laughs> that's like refined sugar, less. but more just like, oh, you're able to recognize how your own body's feeling and then make a decision accordingly. Like that's, and that's so awesome. I am Sometimes that's I'm right. like, oh,
1: I really want a bite of the ice cream. And I'm like, I really don't totally. want it a lot more. And then sometimes I'm like, I really want a cup of ice cream. So I just think that yes, that can just yes. be, it's fun to see that they, that they are capable of that just as much as we are too. Um. Yeah, but. okay,
0: thank you. That was like a little personal sidetrack that I was just like needing to... No,
1: know, it's, it's always... Needing to think through, too. needing to
0: chat through.
1: <laughs> but um, along that too, like every kid will... Every kid will go through phases of like being super into a food and then maybe like the next few weeks rejecting it. Like even us, like sometimes I'll hyper fixate on like a salad that I want to have every day for lunch or like a food. And then I'm like, okay, I need a break from this. Like James when he was younger, like would pound eggs, like eat three to four, like always like want more eggs. And then he like took like a six month break from eggs. like didn't want eggs. And so I think when you're around foods, like having the mindset of we're in like a trial phase with this food versus my kid doesn't like it because then you're not really on the mindset of like offering it to them. Cause you're like, Oh, he doesn't like that. So I'm never going to offer it again. But I yes. always say like keep continue to offer it because you'll be surprised, like maybe a few months later or a few weeks or you know sometime that they start to eat it again or if they never did try it then maybe they're going to try it later
0: yes okay that's helpful as well as the vice versa of that thinking that brooks loved blueberries and he ate blueberries every single day for like six months and then one day he woke up and was like i don't like blueberries and I feel like it's such a natural reaction to be like, yes, you do. You love yeah. blueberries. <laughs> like you're obsessed with blueberries. I've been buying blueberries for six months. You always and <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's like so much more helpful to re- like put it in an adult lens and realize, oh, I do that too. Like I for sure will fixate on something and then move away from it. And that doesn't mean that they don't like it anymore. And that doesn't mean that they'll like it every day. It just
1: means that they
0: maybe are starting to show some preferences.
1: Mm-hmm. No, totally, and um, yeah, continuing to offer, making them part of meal times has always been like a huge way that I feel like when James sees us eating something, he wants to try it. Um, making offering like food with a dip can really help, like them try new foods or try foods that they didn't necessarily like before, um, like hummus or um, ranch or like a sauce or something, um, and also. Um, making food fun like he loves doing like shapes out of vegetables <laughs> and he never really liked cuc- or wanted to try cucumbers before and then we did vegetable shapes and he like loved cucumbers and then now he'll like ask for them just normally but like that was kind of his initiation was like oh it's a cucumber like Mickey Mouse or something like that so um, yeah I think it's yeah, sometimes making it just like a fun experience can get them to try something and once they do they can decide like oh I actually do like this
0: yes and you posted actually about dips when i don't i don't know i mean when james was younger and i don't remember what i think it was maybe like a greek yogurt or something that you had added to a food that you wanted him to try anyway it stuck with me obviously because i had implemented it and it's been such a helpful little tip that if my kids are like a little wary of a food if i put a dip in that they are comfortable with mm-hmm. then it automatically allows them to be more accepting of the new food, which is just super helpful.
1: No, I know. James is funny, he like eat he loves carrots if it's with mustard. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like sure. so it's just like they're, you know, it they have their preferences and it's like making that being open to those things like definitely helps like with picky eaters or like having healthier eaters.
0: Yes. Okay. Love that. Um my second hot topic. Let's see. Oh, choking versus gagging. This is something that I do feel like baby led weaning scares a lot of people away because it can be really stress inducing to just hand it over to your child. And obviously babies do a lot of gagging. Like they, I feel like Eloise even naturally will, I mean, yeah, will sometimes like suck off a piece bigger than bigger than what i would have given her and then she ends up like spitting it back out and it always you know obviously it always ends up fine but there i have had like a few moments of like is this okay like is she okay and they're just like making lots of noises with their tongue and anyway yeah i just want to know like what should you look for and i i um have done strips but i actually the pinky thing is really helpful so i definitely feel like that plays into this question but yeah i'm curious if you have any other tips for knowing choking versus gagging and how to kind of take some of that stress away
1: yeah no it that that is like the number one concern parents have with starting solids especially like baby led weeding Um, and it's honestly also the number one concern why a lot of parents don't give baby led weeding a chance is because of their concerns around like choking but studies have shown that there's no, actually no difference in choking incidences between baby-led weaning and spoon feeding. Like there can be the same amount of incidences between the both, um, and that like having a very pleasant and calm experience for the baby, like like that definitely helps just overall with like that energy. And so if you're able to just feed in the calm mindset too, and make sure that you are well educated and and know the right differences, which we'll talk about. Um, But like you said, gagging, well, let's start with choking. Choking is silent. It happens when something's completely blocking the airway. It's really rare in baby-led weaning when the parents and caregivers are well-educated on the safety tool, safety of food size, shape, and texture. Um, But that is something that you can know. It's like completely silent. And so um, definitely watching your baby while you eat. You don't want to like leave the room and give them food and just like leave the room. Um, But also not necessarily like making it stressful like hovering over them and like (laughs) being ready to grab their hands and things like that um because gagging and coughing are actually a really beneficial thing and like you said it's really noisy um pretty dramatic (laughs) and it's because um when they're younger their gag reflex is more um forward and ours is you know for you to gag it takes a lot to like yeah. put your hand back there and gag, but babies are yeah. more forward because that's just like a safety mechanism for them. And so okay. as they're learning to eat, they're they're probably going to experience biting off a bigger piece of food than they can chew, and that will like spit. Then they will spit it out. Um, and just being okay, like I know some of the natural reflexes to like shove your fingers in their mouth trying to grab that food or like hitting them on the back, but letting them that can actually like, be more dangerous. Can because it can push the food further back into their mouth.
0: Right. Um, okay.
1: So as they're making those noises and showing those a gagging signs, letting them work that food out of their mouth, or sometimes like James would like gag, but then he would like see how to like break it down and then it, he would swallow it. And we did babyland waiting with him. He never choked once. He definitely did gag quite a few times and it was part of him <laughs> learning. And around like six to eight months or um, around like, eight months, like 12 months is when a baby, um, gag reflex starts getting further back to where like an adult's is. And so you'll notice like their gagging definitely decreases a lot as the weeks go on in introducing solids.
0: Okay. No, that's helpful. That's yeah. Super helpful. I feel like every time we have a little gagging going on, I'm like, stay calm. She knows mm-hmm. what she's doing, <laughs> but I remember Wells like thought, that it was so funny to gag because it got and like cough and like make a scene at, at mealtime because it like got everyone's attention and so for so long he would like he literally would fake it I'm like <laughs> that is hilarious. I just I, like as a 14 month old I'd look over and be like you have got to be kidding me right now like, please stop giving me this anxiety yes, <laughs> yes, yes okay no this has been super helpful I feel like I have been I mean always is 10 months so she's been experimenting with food for the last four months and I feel like still I've had so many questions that you answered for me and I'm like really excited to move forward feeling a little bit more confident in our approach Um, I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to share before we finish
1: Um, I just think that, um, it, it, like having the mindset, like it is an exciting time experiencing food with your kids and it can be a very positive experience. And I think, yeah, overall, just knowing that like you are capable of helping them like develop in those milestones and and they're capable too. Like it's fun to see just how well that they can like be these little independent um, explorers and eaters and just, um, knowing that you can do it because it definitely can feel overwhelming and there's definitely so many things and it's your baby and you care a lot about them. And so, um, yeah, just knowing that it can be a very positive experience and, and a fun thing. So having that mindset. <laughs> okay, I love that.
0: I, um, that felt like fits right in with what I brought up at the beginning because that's the basis of the whole um, the book what's the book? Lessons in Chemistry. (laughs) She's like a cook, right? Or she like loves to cook because it's science. Anyway, and that she, um, yeah, does talk about how children are just constantly curious about everything. Anyway, so I love that mindset of just really appreciating that time. And I have to say, you did bring up one other thing that um, I feel like, is really helpful for me, which was, I feel like for mealtime to feel successful for me, I'm like, okay, got to put her in the high chair and like have ample amount of time for her to experiment and then actually get some food in her mouth. And, um, sometimes it just doesn't feel like we, you know, maybe don't have the time to just sit there and experiment with food or, um, Maybe I don't feel like I have like the best options for her at that moment, but you talking about how it can be much more fluid that like you're going, you're obviously going to eat through the day. I mean, I have little kids who are obviously eating multiple times a day. There are so many opportunities for her to be around food and she is more than capable of expressing if she wants to try some. So just knowing that like, it doesn't have to be so rigid, I think is um, definitely a mindset shift for me that I'm excited to move forward with. So, thank you so much, Emmy. Thank you for your welcome. We, Emmy, I don't, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but um, is one of the very, I think we've had one, maybe two people that have been on more than once. And I'm so happy that we're able to have you back on for this topic. It's so fun to have revisiting guests. So, thank you so much.
1: I'm honored and honored to be on in, um, also Paris again, we miss you. And I'm excited yes, to just hear so more much. about, I love like <laughs> seeing this transition because I'm getting in the mindset of like, okay, how am I going to add another child into my life? So I it's been know. Fun. But you guys I are know, making... and we're
0: excited to. Oh, also, if you don't follow Emmy, you can follow her on Instagram at Emmy approved. And like I said, she'll just have so many little reels that you will be reminding yourself as you are not only fueling your own body, but also your children's. I remembered that little tip from like a couple of years ago.
1: So anyway,
0: yeah, so definitely follow along. And I'm so excited to see
1: baby girl soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me.